You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the star you are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at be the star you are.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, hello, Power Partners. Welcome to radio's finest hour of Power Talk. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, a program of positive talking with me, your personal growth host, Cynthia Bryan, right here on the Airwaves with you every single week. We want you to pump your energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and of course, live your dreams through positive media, because we're a show about following your heart, doing what you love when we're bubbling with enthusiasm, inspiration, motivation, information, and, of course, tools for daily living. We call it Champagne for the Spirit. Heather Brittany is on a special assignment today, so, therefore, there will not be a T42 segment. She'll be back next week with a special on yoga, mind, body, and spirit. And instead, today's program is going to celebrate the joys of food and art while also exploring how to triumph over personal traumas through fairy tales. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume, because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, is here to empower you. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by the Carmony Collection, handmade handbags, canvases, candles, and more, all organic, all unique, special gifts for those you love. Call 925-785-7827 or visit CarmonyCollection.com. That's Carmony with a K, Collection with a K. And this is a Chinese proverb. When the sun rises, I go to work. When the sun goes down, I take my rest. I dig the well from which I drink. I farm the soil which yields my food. I share creation. Kings can do no more. Well, food, it nourishes our bodies, but great food also nourishes our soul. Today, I want to introduce you to a young, phenomenal chef, Curtis DeFetti, whose roots are grounded in the fertile soil of Napa Valley, where he was exposed to healthy, fresh, delicious meals by his Italian family since childhood. Recently, he and his business partner, Tyler, opened a very hip new restaurant, a notary, with the promise of a daily changing menu offering only the freshest local grown ingredients in Napa. It is sure to become the destination restaurant for anyone who is visiting the wine country. Welcome, Curtis, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi, how are you? I am wonderful. I want to first of all congratulate you on living your dream and opening your very own restaurant. Way to go before the age of 30. This is awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm also here with my business partner, Tyler, as well. Yes, hello. wonderful. Well, hello, Tyler. Hello, hello. Hello, I can hear you. You guys are probably in the kitchen preparing for tonight's meal. I had the pleasure of dining with you this past weekend. I was so completely impressed with the original menu, the simple yet elegant decor, the warm, inviting ambiance, and the really super excellent service by your staff. Your staff. So, Again, I just want to say bravo, bravo. Uh, Curtis, I have been following your culinary career for a number of years now uh-huh. and have watched you from your teen years go to uh, the culinary academies and been impressed with your dedication to excellence. And, you know, you've really had a stellar climb. I wanted to talk a little bit 
about some of your background, and you can also tell us a little bit about Tyler's background and how the two of you met and became partners on this new venture called Anotri in Napa. Because people, especially in California, we are all foodies, and we want to get people coming up to visit you if they can get a reservation. Yeah, that would be great. Um, so I guess I'll start off by um, saying that uh, at a young able to go to Italy, and um, that's where I really fell in love with food. And then um, coming home back to the United States, I realized that that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to be a chef and um, cook. So uh, I ended up going to London for, for culinary school, and um, I was there for about nine months and did a wonderful program there and came back and worked in Vegas for two years at Commander's Palace. Which was and a very good place to, to start working, right? Yeah, it was wonderful to be there. And um, uh, we were doing about 800 covers a night. It was very, very busy, really high-quality food. Um, I really enjoyed being there, uh, but Vegas was not the place for me. No, I can understand why, Curtis. You're, you're not quite the, the, Vegas, uh, the Vegas kind of guy. Plus, there's not that many local fresh produce farms right around the corner. <laughs> exactly. So um, I was fortunate enough that, you know, I have family up here in Napa that I, I came back to Napa and I started working at Bouchon. Another great one. You know, one of the things before you go on with uh, your background is one of the things that people will notice about Curtis if you look at his resume of his internships and of where he worked, you worked at top-rated restaurants, Michelin places, very high-quality places from the very get-go. So you've been not only with your family and your Italian relatives in uh, Sicily and Italy eating good food and growing up with it, you have been working at restaurants that are known for their high quality. Yes, no, that is that is right. Um, that's where I, I think I've learned a lot of basics, and it's really helped me along the way with my my style and Tyler's style of cooking. Um, that is on the Anotri menu today. So um, we're really lucky that we're living in in Napa and being able to use all these fresh produces or and and stuff from the garden. It's just great. Well, and okay, so for. From uh, Bouchon, then was it you went to Oliveto? Is that? Uh, no, actually I went to... Oh, no, you went to Thomas Kelleher, the French Laundry, right? Uh, so I would do like one or two days at the French Laundry, just hanging out and staging, and then um, I ended up going to Terra after that. Oh, right, Terra and St. Helena, which is a wonderful, wonderful uh, restaurant. In fact, the, one of my books that you know, Be the Star You Are, which is, uh, was published by Tenspeed, they did, Tenspeed also did a book on Terra. Yes, they did. Yes. That's a great book as well. So then from there you went to um you went I, back to England, I believe. I did go back to England. Uh I went back to England and worked at uh a restaurant outside of London called the Fat Duck and I was there for about six months. And that one has a Michelin three star, right? Yes. Wow, this is nothing like cooking at the best. Yeah, exactly. So it was it was a good learning experience for me. Um but unfortunately, I injured myself by cutting my hand, and I couldn't work there anymore, so it, it was cut short, and uh, ended up going to Italy after that. And that's where I got re-inspired and decided I wanted to go work at Oliveto. And, you know, when you came to Oliveto, you really started working with the Salumis. Was it while you were in Italy that that's what inspired you, that that's what you wanted to make? Um, no, I think I've always had a passion for, for Salumi. Um, ever since I was little, I was always 
being fed salami sandwiches or fried salami sandwiches or something like that. And I just I've I've always loved sausage. So. Well, and they are they are wonderful. Uh, I was lucky enough to go to your opening and taste the sausages that you and Tyler and your uh, great staff are making, and they are so delicious. So even if people aren't familiar with uh, with sausage, good sausage, you've got to go and try the sausage at Onetre. Well, tell us a little bit, uh, Curtis, about uh, Tyler's uh, background because you actually went to school together in Napa, or, or we're on the same swim team. However, you really didn't know each other and connect until you were both working at Oliveto and shared your dreams. Yeah, we both had we both never met each other before, but um, I guess when I was little, around 12 years old, and Tyler the same, uh, we swam together for a Christmas. Um, I'd come back from New Mexico, and uh, we I would do swim practices, and Tyler was on the swim team back then, so... Um, that's when we probably first met, but we just didn't know it. And then we met up again at Oliveto. Now, what what is it about your styles? Because forming a business partnership is challenging. And, and if you both do exactly the same things, it's usually not a partnership that can work too well. You have to complement one each other. What is it that uh, your strengths are, and how do they differ? Well, I'll let Tyler answer that one. He's right here. Okay, Tyler, that will be yeah. great. Uh, I would, I would Hello, say, Tyler. Well, Congratulations on your restaurant. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, I would say that that um, we we complement each other in in um, in uh, work that we do in the kitchen. Curtis's um, creativity and his and his uh, passion is actually what's excelled my my uh, professional culinary career. I, uh, I I I tell almost everybody that that I I talk to. That Curtis is the one that really taught me how to cook. Um, I had a I had a, several years in the business, but did not understand food in um, broader terms than ingredients, and di- didn't understand really the fundamental uh, makeup of of uh, your palate and 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 how to utilize that as a tool to to create really well balanced, beautiful dishes. Um, and Kurt, Curtis was the first one to introduce me to that, so I would say that that's that's definitely his strongest um, point. Is cu- from a culinary aspect, being able to broaden people's minds into thinking about food as flavors and different flavor profiles in, in very broad terms. Um, and then and then as as far as uh, operationally, I I've spent majority of my time in management. Um, Working for uh, the Cheesecake Factory is where I, I really learned a tremendous amount about that. Um, just so you prior are to being really good Olivetto. on the business end, and you also have a palate for fine for fine cooking. So together, you have, can make a really good whole. Uh, definitely. We're also really good friends, too. <laughs> yeah, we like, we like that, that you're both friends. Let's talk about your menu, uh, Curtis and Tyler, because it's really different. First of all, a no-tree, it, uh, it has a meaning of what, the grapevine? What is the meaning behind it? It means vine cultivators in Oscan dialect. Uh, okay, so then that is in a, uh, a Sicilian dialect or an Italian dialect? It's actually pre-Etruscan. It's a 3,000-year-old dead language that that was used way back well, pre-Etruscan. So, uh, so, so around, around uh, between 1500 and 1000 BC, there was a group of people who fled um, Greece 
to populate southern Italy from Rome south, essentially. And then when the Morgates and the Italii moved in, according to Heraclitus, they moved centrally and then up into uh, southern France and northern Spain. Kind of well, this is Italy. exciting being a history major. I'm going to have to look this up now because <laughs> I love the fact that you have a name that's different, and it really reflects your food because it isn't just in another Italian restaurant. Talk a little bit about some of the things that you have on your menu. I mean, the, some of the pastas I don't even know, but I had a wild meadow uh, linguine with Georgia white shrimp and garlic, which was just fabulous to die for, and your, your uh, beet salad that you did, all the roasted beets, the different colored beets with fennel and cauliflower and uh, panna balsamica was just amazing. Uh-huh. What, what is it, what are you striving for uh, besides having something fresh every single day? Well, we're really trying to get that southern Italian mentality as well. We're, we're, we're using um, only extruded pastas right now which basically the extruded pasta member, if you ever played with Play-Doh when you're a little kid and you would mash up oh, Play-Doh. Oh, love that. That sounds good. And make spaghetti. So uh, that's what we're, we're, we basically do on a much larger scale with uh, fresh pasta every day. Um, and that's, that, that kind of pasta is mainly used in southern Italy is more of the dried extruded pasta as opposed to the egg laminated pastas. So well, we're, we're trying to focus on that. And uh, Tyler, that you, are, you have done is... You brought over this amazing Neapolitan uh, pizza oven, so you are making true, distinctive Neapolitan pizzas. Yeah. Um, we're going to try and go for a certification called Vera Pizza Napolitana, so it's, uh, our pizzas will be uh, certified by the Italian government. And um, there's 11 guidelines and rules that you have to follow in order to um, get this certification. So, like, our pizza dough only has four ingredients in it flour, water, yeast, and salt. And it's delicious. I can also vouch for that, which is fun. Well, let's give out your website so people can come and make a reservation. And I want to say do make a reservation. It is really fun to sit at the bar as well, but the place is packed. It's young and fun and beautiful, and the food is so different. I mean, I'm going to just say, Thomas Kelleher, watch out, move over. Tyler and Curtis are in town. <laughs> Something good is going to happen. And everything is very, very reasonable. So would you give your website out, please? Yeah, it's anotri.com, so it's www.oenotri.com. And, and um, there should be call the restaurant, I believe, to make reservations, uh, area code 707-252-1022. And you are located at 1425 First Street in downtown Napa, across from a brand-new, beautiful hotel. So what a great place. Great. Thank you so much. Well, Curtis and Tyler, it's been a pleasure and an honor. I can't wait to get back up there and taste something else. I'm telling everybody about you guys. I'm so impressed, and I'm so inspired, and I love to see young people reaching for the stars and landing on them, and you both have done that. Congratulations. And thank you for joining us here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you. You keep shining now. You are the stars. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you've been listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And when we come back from break, we're going to have the healing power of fairy tales. When we look at the lives of seven women in a book, Once Upon a Time, There Was a Little Girl by Dr. Marcella Hannon-Shields. Stay with us. It's a fascinating, fascinating expose. We'll be back in a minute. Don't go away. 
Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Thank you so much for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where every week we showcase incredible authors, artists, and experts who enhance and improve your life. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 charity dedicated to empowering families, women, and youth at risk through improved literacy and positive message programming such as this radio show because there is an apathy sweeping our country and as a nation we're more accustomed to violence, chaos, abuse, and negative influences. Be the Star You Are believes that stories of inspiration and hope infused with information have the power to transform and change lives. Be the Star You Are is committed to being a positive role model for all of us. Visit bethestarur.org. Well, Marcella Shields is a psychologist with more than 30 years of experience. She has written a book, Once Upon a Time There Was a Little Girl, where she is sharing the stories of seven women who as young girls experienced the early loss of their mothers, either through death or abandonment or some kind of physical abuse. The women explore their personal traumas through the responses based on fairy tales and the book is absolutely fascinating. Welcome, Marcella, to Be the Star You Are. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. This is a really very poignant, poignant book. The, the power of fairy tales as a, uh, as a timeless storytelling 
technique is really important in showing us how we can struggle through the abandonment of our childhood and actually come to an end to find some nurturing in our lives. Give us a little bit of background on yourself and how you decided to write this book and to use the um, fairy tales that you chose in your book, Once Upon a Time There Was a Little Girl. Well, it happened in the summer of 1994 when I was studying in Switzerland. Um, I had a very profound experience that opened up to understanding of my life and the reasons I made several important life decisions. Uh, it, during the, uh, during the um, workshop, I discovered that exploring the tale of Ralph Stilson, that I, I had some very serious decisions in my early life that uh, were related to my relationship with my father, and exploring that fairy tale helped me understand why I had made those decisions. So I decided when I went to Toronto that I would engage and invite seven women I had worked for some time who were seriously depressed to come and explore fairy tales with me and see if they could open up some parts of their lives they never been able to explore. So you actually wrote in your book that you had been physically ill, in fact, you had had uh, a ruptured ovarian cyst that you looked at as a metaphor for what was happening in your own life until you figured out how the fairy tales could make a difference. That's, that's true. I realized it made such a difference for me that it would be important to offer this to other, other women who were finding it hard to explore the early story because it was, uh, their trauma was young. Now, you talk about in uh, the book, Once Upon a Time, there was a little girl. We're speaking with Marcella Shields. Uh, she has her Ph.D. in um, psychology. Is it psychology? Psychology or psychotherapy? Psychology. Yes, psychology. Yes, yeah, psychology. That well, the, one of the reasons you really wrote the book and what you, the purpose of the book is you want to heal the mother-daughter relationship, and there's uh, very important to have compassion and a conscious understanding of the development of the feminine within all of us and the, the feminine virtue of compassion, how important it is. So you chose these seven women, and each of them had been through very uh, traumatic childhood experiences. One of the women had... Um, had a, really the evil stepmother, you know, or they had felt abandonment, or they uh, had a mother who died, or um, a, a father who inflicted, or a stepfather who inflicted some kind of abuse. And I found it interesting that many of the stories chosen had to do with spinning. Talk to us about the, the tales of spinning. Well, spinning is a very ancient feminine uh, Activity. Actually, the word um, spinster is associated with the feminine because the process of spinning 
is about bringing something um, to life that before that only seen in spread little pieces. So spinning was associated actually having a child, bringing something that's not visible into the place in which it was visible. Well, and what are the things with all the fairy tales, which I, I had really never thought about this before until I read it here in what you wrote, is that the protagonists, the little girls in all of these stories, they're just very normal little girls, and none of them have superpowers, and they're just ordinary, and they make mistakes, which makes it easier for all of us as little girls to identify with them, and they're just thrown into these crazy circumstances where they have to, you know, survive somehow. So you have the, uh, the, the you talk about the dwarfs, like in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, how the meaning there is that there's a part of our psyche that has shrunken or is small. Explain that a bit more. Well, the image of the dwarf is quite fascinating because it, and as you notice in the, in the tale, the dwarf has capacities to do some things but not mature. So the capacity to spin straw into gold in Rome still is, of course, something that is a fantasy. And for the child who thinks that she has spin straw into gold, it can often be a disaster because she may try to do things that she's not able to do in a way that's not mature and then have to suffer the consequences. And in the tale of Snow White, seven dwarfs, um, are immature images of her own power that she only claim once she can wake up. So, Marcella, what you, you talk about um, the Disney movies and how they really are distorted. They're not reflecting the real meaning behind fairy tales. What do you mean by that? Well, that was quite alarming um, when I started to do my work, the writing out work of the women. <clears throat> when we were working on uh, Briar Rose, which is, of course, being pretty, uh, the women were saying, um, remember the song, someday my book And I said to myself, well, in the tale, there's no evidence that Sleeping Beauty ever the print. So I got the movie out of the... Uh, I went to the video shop, got it, and I discovered was that Disney took three tales, put them together, and changed the message. And what happened was, and it's happened in also the movie uh, he made later on, the heroine in the original tales the center of the story. But in the Disney version, versions, the hero or um, the prince becomes the center of the story. So it becomes more male-oriented. Exactly. Well, and that gets us to our little girl thoughts of our prince's coming. But, you know, there isn't a prince coming, so what do you do? I mean, in other words, we're not going to be rescued. We have to learn to stand up for ourselves. That's exactly right. 
Exactly right. And what we have to do is claim a life that's free of helplessness and dependence on others and celebrate our creativity, claim our confidence, and honor our own power. That's so really how art. can women who are listening to the show right now who might be in challenging relationships based on a childhood where they felt like they didn't count or they disappeared or that their moms were too busy or their moms were in an abusive relationship, what can they do? How can they look at perhaps a fairy tale that always spoke to them and find the truth within it so that they can heal themselves and get out of the depression, the despair, and move forward in their lives? Well, what I think would be important for them at least begin to acknowledge what fairy tale had meaning. And look at the heroine in the tale. Look at how her own life might be uh, expressed through that heroine. And then begin to take steps to claim sovereignty over own life. And that's what it means to become the king or the queen at the end of the tale. You know, and this has happened for the women, the seven women that you worked with, who all took pseudonyms, uh, pseudonyms in this, uh, in the book, is when they finally looked closely at the lives that they were living and the paranoia or the fear that they felt, once they went deep into these fairy tales, they were really able to like get through what you call the dark forest and and actually come out into the sunlight. Exactly, exactly, so, and it was the most marvelous thing imaginable to witness that happened. I had a major transformation in my life witnessing it. You have in uh, your book that to to protect ourselves from depression, there are really four factors that are important, and I wanted you to talk about those a little bit uh, more, that ability to express yourself and to get support and to feel confident and to not only feel compassion but to give compassion. Could you go in into some detail with that? Because I thought those were very four very important points that sometimes we just brush under the rug. Yeah. Well... The first factor is um, the important uh, realizing that there is another choice that we can we can have a life that's free of of depression because when we uh, experience depression and we're finally able to express our feelings, including a uh, sadness that opens up the possibility of being out of the depression. And then we have to be willing to receive support because you can't do it by yourself. It's impossible to do alone. And I want to ask you quickly, Marcella, before we go on, if you, uh, you, some of your words are dropping here, so I don't know if you're on a cell phone or a headset. I'm, you, no, I'm on my regular phone but oh, it's, you are okay because the connection is dropping some of the ends of your words and uh and so my engineer asked me to just uh, ask you if you were on a headset by any chance so no anyway, i'm not continue, but i'm, I'm experiencing on then with uh, the rest of we can't do it alone so we definitely need support so what about feeling good about ourselves through competence then 
Well, that's extremely important because we have to develop a sense of confidence and feel that we have the capacity to move beyond um, the, the sinking feelings of depression in the face of life challenge. And the first factor is the ability to express compassion for yourself and for others. That one's a very, that's a hard one, I think, for, for um, you know, both men and women. Not, maybe perhaps not so much to have compassion for others, but compassion for ourselves. We tend to forget ourselves in the equation, don't we? Exactly. And that really can be, um, that can be disastrous because <clears throat> what I found was that women who had early loss often did, did not have the capacity for compassion for themselves. How does this fit into this need, especially for girls? I mean, the media is constantly bombarding us with advertisements about being beautiful. If you use this cream, you're not going to have wrinkles. And if you eat this food, you won't get fat. And you've got to wear these clothes, etc. What can, when people read Once Upon a Time There Was a Little Girl, what can people take away from that of how we can own our power and be who we are without buying into this media explosion? Well, that's, that's a tough one because it's, it's all over us. It's continually in front of us. We have to be a particular way, look slim, um, wear certain makeup, whatever this is that we attribute in our culture to be beautiful. And what's important is that we're, for both young girls and women, that we're consciously able to be open to mirroring true inner beauty to one another. And, and I like that. I think that what it is, you know, beauty, just like happiness, is an inside job. Well, let's tell people, Marcella, where, pe- where I, a copy of your book can be picked up at, I imagine, at all the online stores and in stores anywhere. Exactly. And I want to give out your website as well. Okay. Well, it can be picked up anywhere that the store that um, sells books and Amazon.com, of course. Yes, and all the online sto- stores like Amazon. And your website is MarcellaHannonShields.com. Why don't you go ahead and spell that for us? Of course. M-A-R-C-L-L-A. Hannon, H-A-N-N-O-N, Shield, S-H-I-E-L-S. And I'm going to repeat it one time because some of the, some of your letters are dropping off there with your phone. So that is MarcellaHannonShields.com. That's M as in Mary, A-R-C-E-L-L-A-H-A-N-N-O-N-S-H-I-E-L-D-S.com. Well, thank you so much, Marcella, for coming on the show to share Once Upon a Time There Was a Little Girl, The Healing Power of Fairy Tales in the Lives of Seven Women. And may we all use fairy tales to create our happiest ever after. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. When I come back from break, we're going to go into the fields down on the farm and look at world-renowned artist Phil Glassoff's work. Stay with me. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back.
casa. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7822. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, hello, all you stars out there. Thank you again for staying with me here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where we grow people. I am your personal growth coach, Cynthia Bryan. A farm boy and award-winning 4-H member, Philip Glassoff has always honored the earth. His farm work has kept him grounded and very humble. When he was 29, he decided to merge his passion for art with his love of the land by creating unique sculptures that were salvaged from rusty materials and machinery and abandoned junk that scattered around the Glassoff Ranch. Today, his whimsical farm sculptures grace galleries and private collections around the world. Welcome, Philip, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Cynthia, it's good to hear from you. Oh, it is so great. Well, a little backstory. Philip and I have known one another since uh, we were fellow farm workers as well as 4-Hers when we were kids. And, uh, Phil, it's so exciting just to witness the beauty that you have captured from all that junk that we know that all of us who lived on farms or ranches that we have around. How did it get started? I mean, your your pieces are just amazing. Uh, well, it was a long journey. Um, uh, I started at uh, Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. Right. Went to college there, and I took uh, sculptures uh, for my humanity class. And... <clears throat> 
I uh, volunteered to work on a couple of the floats that uh, Cal Poly was putting together, and I found out I was good at three-dimensional work. And had you ever done any sculpting before that? I mean, I, I know that, you know, on the ranch you had worked on tractors and you'd done all those kind of, you know, welding and that kind of stuff, but had, had you ever done any art? Uh, not really. No, I, I mean, I know that your mom was a wonderful seamstress and your whole family is very talented, but it wasn't, it, so it kind of bloomed then when you were at Cal Poly. Uh, it started there, yes. And uh, uh, after... I graduated from Cal Poly. I moved on, and I worked for the Nut Tree, uh, a California um, cuisine restaurant uh, located in Vacaville, California. A very historical place, and for people who grew up in Northern California or even visitors, people have such fond memories of the train at the Nut Tree and the food and the whole ambiance there. Right, and I started managing their ranch. And, uh, again, I created a festival. It was called the Great uh, Scarecrow uh, Festival and Pumpkin Patch. And uh, I started uh, focusing on scarecrows. And as time progressed, I got tired of seeing my work get destroyed after a couple hours of enjoyment. So I started covering the armatures with steel. And coming from a farm background, there was always plenty of scrap laying around. So You know, isn't it an interesting thing, Phil, is that, uh, and I don't think you can ever take it out of us when you grow up this way, is that there's always scrap around a farm, and we always hold on to it because we know it can be used for something sometimes somewhere, you know, down the road. That's but right. But you have really right. and, and as yours a for, farm um, kids, for really we always an authentic, knew how to weld. beautiful way that, dec- you know, is decor for homes and gardens and amazing so you started finding the scraps you know and when we're talking scraps we're talking about all kinds of things uh anything from fire extinguishers to uh blades anything that was around yeah so uh, old pipe uh rebar um, compressors uh, disc blades compressors just about anything that was metal that could be welded on mm-hmm and um when I cleaned out the ranches in about a 20-mile radius, I started uh, going to the scrapyards. And uh, uh, for a long time, I was in the gallery systems, and that was a rough way to make money. And uh, then I discovered uh, fine art street shows, and there's a lot of them in San Francisco. And... uh, the street shows is, was much more spontaneous. Uh, um, they're usually just weekends. And uh, so I started selling my sculptures on the streets uh, in the Bay Area. So did you continue working the ranch and farming at the same time as you were making sculptures? <clears throat> well, there was a transitional period there. And... Um, uh, gradually, I started spending more and more time in the shop uh, welding and creating sculptures, and then uh, uh, eventually it took over my whole life. Well, I want to talk about some of the inspiration because you're, they're, it's unbelievably creative. Um, I was up at um, Mum Cellars, which is a champagne cellar up in Napa Valley this past weekend, and while I was having a glass of champagne, 
the proprietor said to me, oh, come into our museum and, you know, go through our gallery because we're showcasing the works of Philip Glassoff. And I went, Philip Glassoff? I know Philip Glassoff. <laughs> and I was so absolutely impressed at the variety of things. One of my favorite was your yellow angel that you have. I mean, these are big sculptures. It's seven feet um, high. It's five feet wide. Where are you getting the inspiration to do this? Is it Do you just see the raw materials and say, oh, I want to make an angel? Or uh, does somebody commission it? Where does it come from? Uh, it comes from a variety of uh, places, actually. And a creative person takes it any way it comes, believe me, uh, because we're always trying to create uh, new imagery and be original. Um, but a lot of the... Uh, what I do is I make fun of the human race, and, and it's like a, a blank palette to me because uh, um, humans are so easy to make fun of. Well, it's funny, and, you know, I'm glad that you said that is because what I find with your sculptures is they're very whimsical, and they are full of humor, and they but they have a lot of kind of a backstory to them. I mean, I, I was looking at... Having been in the acting and modeling industry for so long, there were two that really struck me that you had the cameras. One was, I think it was called Camera Girl. Right. And that was, I couldn't get over how you had put these together. So you do you create like a, when you're starting to make something, do you have like a history or a story that you're telling in your mind? Uh, yeah. yeah there, there's, uh, I have predetermined uh, images that I put together. And then uh, I get stimulated by the people I meet or situations I'm in, the environment. Um, I do a lot of spiritual pieces, uh, and I also do a lot of uh, earth-conscious pieces also. And um, so I go in many directions. Uh, well, I would think, Phil, that anyone looking at your art would say that all of your pieces are earth-conscious because, first of all, you are completely recycling, repurposing, reusing. Everything is, you know, vintage and would have been tossed out in, in a junkyard, and instead you are creating something of beauty. I always say I was green before it was green. Yes, that's exactly. That, you were. You are. You were green before it's green. <laughs> before green was king, right? That's right. That's right. But, yes, I use... Uh, uh, Probably 98% uh, recycled materials, uh, things that I've found. I go to a lot of demolition yards, junkyards, usable steel yards. Uh, I find stuff along the road. Uh, uh, people call me, and I go to garage sales, uh, thrift markets, urban war in, in the Bay Area, all kinds of different uh, so your the glass off gallery is truly your life now in creating these uh, these pieces, and it sounds like the, I mean you're shipping them all over the country. Uh, yeah, I, I pretty much focus on the West Coast, but uh, I do have pieces in in Europe and uh, um, Asia and. Uh, Around the world. They do go around the world. Do you, Philip, when when you said that you go to junkyards and, you know, you, you're scavenging all the time to find pieces, are you just picking up pieces and then you'll create a piece of art from it? Or is it the other way around? Do you get a brainstorm, a, 
a, you know, this creative artistic moment and you think, oh, I am going to build, um, you know, the blue guitar. So now this is what I need. And then do you hunt for pieces or do the pieces, do the scavenger scrap pieces speak to you and you think, huh, that's really cool. That would look like, and then do you go from, in that direction? Well, it works both ways. Combination. I, I, I have um, uh, predetermined uh, ideas sometimes, so I know what I'm looking for. And other, t- I'm always collecting uh, odd pieces that I've never seen before and uh, hoping that I will be inspired down the road. I have a, a tiny little junkyard of my own that I collect raw materials in, and uh, I'm always walking through it waiting for some sort of inspiration from a piece, and uh, and then vice versa, I, I some of the pieces I know exactly what I'm going to use. Do you find that you might be reading the newspaper or a book or you see something on television or a movie, and that just like springs an idea in your in your head that oh my gosh I've got to go and and do that. Oh, absolutely. Do you have uh, regular hours, fellow? Are you like most artists that you just you work when you know when the inspiration hits? I am fairly disciplined. Are you a, good? I have a very uh, uh, heavy work ethic from being raised yeah, on a course. ranch, and. Um, so I, I go start work at seven in the morning, and I'll work till five or seven at night. So it, it's pretty disciplined. You have to be in this business. Well, you know, you just said something. I do think it's it's very interesting, and for anybody that I knew that grow grew up on farms and and worked hard and worked the fields, is we all really have a strong work ethic, and it's but we tend to love what we're doing. So. I don't know. I know for me, I lose track of time. I have no idea what time it is when because I'm doing work I love. And it sounds like that's the same with you, is that you know you're going to get the work done, but you're also following your heart. You're living a passion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but it's uh, you, you, especially when you go from piece to piece that I'm working on, and, and by the time I'm finished with the one I'm, I'm, I, I've completed or been processing, I've designed another one in my head, and I know exactly where I'm going with the next moment. How long do pieces take? I'm sure they're different depending on the complexity and the size and the idea. But in general, is it, you know, are we talking days, weeks, months? Uh, depends on the piece. Some of them are quite simple, and they and I love it when those go together, uh, and and uh, uh, I can create a really nice piece of art in a couple hours, and and then other ones take uh, a month. So it it's all it really varies. Well, and, I want to give your website out because well, you take commissions as well, right? If yeah, somebody absolutely. has an idea that they want a piece for that you can actually, um, they can commission you to build it for them or design it? Yeah, I do that on a regular basis. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, let's give out your website, which is glassoffgallery.com, and I'm going to let you go ahead and and spell it. Okay. Uh, It's glassoffgallery.com, and it's G-L-A-S-H-O-F-F. And then gallery, just like uh, it sounds, uh, G-A-L-L-E-R-Y 
glassoffgallery.com. Glassoffgallery.com. Did you want to give a phone number as well? Uh, sure. Okay. Phone number here at the studio is uh, 707-427-8060. And I really, really recommend people go to the website, check out this art, and if you're going to be in uh, Napa Valley, go to Mum's Winery and check out their gallery and the pieces they have in there. Uh, while you're sipping some champagne, but they're really wonderful, and I'm sure that uh, you're going to be, you can be seen probably at uh, different fairs and things ar- around uh, California, at least, and and the country. But when you see these works of art, you are going to just love them. They are so fun. So I am so glad that we've co- reconnected after all these times, and I just applaud the work you're doing. I hope that the family is all well and that you just keep being the the star that you are. <laughs> well, it was nice reconnecting with you, Cynthia. And um, uh, I, I just also wanted to make a note that my son is a full-time accomplished sculptor, too. Yeah, see, it runs in the family, and his name is Chad, right? Right, exactly. So not only can you get the works of Philip, but you can get the words, the works of Chad, and both of them are at the web- website at glassoffgallery.com. Dot com. It must be really, it must feel so great to have your son following in your footsteps. You know, that's, it's a wonderful, wonderful way to live your life, to live the, the artist's way. Oh, yes, the days blend together. I'm yes, it. isn't it great? It's, it's so great. Well, normally Heather Brittany, who is uh, my daughter, is doing the show here with me, so I know what it's like to, to work with, your, uh, with one of your children. It's, it's the best feeling ever. Well, that's wonderful, Cindy. Well, thank you, Philip. Again, everyone, please go to to glassoffgallery.com. We've been speaking with Philip Glassoff. He and his son, Chad, are uh, artists and sculptors with very whimsical, green, recycled ironworks that will just tickle your fancy. So thank you, Phil, and thank you to all of you for being great listeners and allowing me into your life each week. Make sure you are tuned into this station with me, Cynthia Bryan. And when Heather's here, Heather Brittany, too, because we really enjoy being your personal growth success coaches. You can change your life and make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style Productions, you can go to star-style.com. To make a donation to the charity that sponsors the show, go to bethestarur.org, bethestarur.org. May there be peace within you today. May you trust your highest power that you're exactly where you're meant to be. May you use the gifts that you received and pass on the love that has been given to you. And may you sing and dance and bask in the sun because each of us is unique. Let that settle into your bone. Remember when you go out into the day that no one's ever walked this earth with your exact combination of acquired strengths, weaknesses, skills, and talents. You are one of a kind. You are you. Take a look in the mirror and admire yourself. We hope you've been encouraged, inspired, informed, and motivated. Cherish the past and dream of the future. And until we celebrate with you next week, I'm Cynthia Bryan thanking you from Star Style and encouraging you. Be the star you are. We'll be together next week. Ciao for now. Thanks again for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about Be the Star You Are nonprofit corporation, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's BeTheStarYouAre.org. 
Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember, to be a leader, you must be a reader. Enjoy a stellar week. You're a secret.